Welcome everyone to the I Don't Give a Rip podcast. I'm Deandra and I don't give a rip. I don't give a rip either. And I'm Amy Vanderoff. Well, I really don't give a rip. <laughs> and that's Mama D. We decided to start the I Don't Give a Rip podcast because we wanted to start real conversation. And we wanted to touch upon subjects of relationships that matter. Yes. And we want to make sure this is time well spent. Well, you know, my mouth is always filtered. So this will be the first time. <laughs> and my mouth is never filtered. But I'm allowed to say anything real on Rip Talk. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So speak to that, right? So your day-to-day is very particular. And right now, what people get from you, Deandra Simmons, right now on Rip Talk is that we get to hear from you exactly the play-to-play of your day and the stuff that matters to you. Well, I mean, of course, I just made that all up. No pun intended. I never filter my mouth, and it always gets me in trouble, right, Mom? Absolutely. Mama D can vouch for me, and Amy, you've known me long enough. You can vouch for me, too. But this is a wonderful time for me to be able to kind of let loose, and I don't give a rip about a lot of things. I don't care whether it's relationships, cooking, relationships with your spouse, your friends, What's going on in business, women's finances, you know, you can talk to kids and so can mom. I really, I can only talk to stepkids and I didn't do so great in the last few years with that, with that issue either. So y'all can correct me anytime, which I'm sure you will. And that's, you bring up a good point. Parenting, parenting. I'm a single parent. Yes. Um, you parent with stepchildren. Uh, you, you two are our parent daughter relationship. And that's very particular too. And D, I'm going to let you speak on that. Okay. That is very difficult at times, Amy, because Deandra and I have this type of relationship. We either love each other to pieces, or we don't like each other at all, and we're not going to speak. And I remember one time we went through a stage where we decided not to like each other, and so we didn't speak for two months. It's a long time. I know. It really is when you work in an office together, and you're walking down the aisle, <laughs> passing each other's private office. And- okay, so how did that work? Who finally said enough is enough? Well, it's funny because I would have to go into one of the employees' offices and say, go tell my mother this. And she would say, go tell Deandra this. What decision is she making on this? Well, I'm going to do this. It was kind of actually comical at the very end, but very uncomfortable for the employees. So finally, one day, my mother and I are very similar in this way. We'll finally just go, you know what? Oh, this is ridiculous. Okay, do you want to go have coffee? And yeah. it just is over. There's no like sit down, kumbaya, powwow. It's just like, we're tired of this, playing this game. So let's just get back to real life. <laughs> but, but two months is a really long, a time, long time, to, time to go through the motions of I'm not going to be the one to cave. But there is a good ending. I want to tell you. It's 70, <laughs> Mama D is 78. So remember, I'm going to be your bosses here, okay? I get to tell you what to do. Which going to be? What are you talking about going to be my boss? <laughs> so, uh, the last 50 years, I think you were my boss. We at least came to the day. We came to the conclusion, this is stupid. You know, at 78, I've lived a long time. How much longer am I going to be here? And it's ridiculous. There's a fight. We fight because we're so much alike. I mean, exactly alike. And her dad used to always say, Oh, I've never met two women as strong as you guys. And we would just we'd fight over everything. But honestly, I can say in the last year, I don't know if Dan just grew up because she was 50. Or if oh, I, she always has to get my age in. Are you 88? Did you say 78? Isn't it 88? Oh, shots fired. No, <laughs> no F-bombs. No 50. No mention oh, of 50. Lord. But happy birthday. 50th birthday, Thank Deandra. You. Yes, I just turned 50. Okay, talking about two strong women. Now, do you remember what caused the two-month outage of no talking? Do you remember what it was? Oh, I can tell you what it was. 
the thing you should not do is be in business with a child. It doesn't work because you can't both be the boss. And dinner's going to always be bossy, and I'm going to always be bossy. So it's just clashing. The second that I walked away, which was a year ago, and said, Deandra, the company's yours. I'm finished because I had my project with my patients at the hospital. So I'm going to do my volunteer work full time. Click. Just like that. This magical moment happened. And we were best friends. And it was so strange because Deandra always acted like I was dumber than a rock. And now I'm the smartest woman in the whole world. I thought we were fighting because we didn't go on a Christmas vacation. Uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What? <laughs> See, this is, this is lack of communication. Lack so you, of communication. Did you think that two-month hiatus was because of a, a vacation at Christmas? I'm just teasing. No. Oh. But I will tell you, I will give my mom one prop over there because the funny thing is whenever she and I get in a fight, if I don't want to really answer a question, I'll just throw a big word out. And she'll be like, look at me with this like look. Like, what happened? What are you talking about? And so then I know, you know, I don't have to answer the question because she's trying to figure out the word. Right, mom? Because <laughs> most a big of the word. words that she says, other people do not understand the meaning. That's the reason. I, I would say you have quite the vocabulary and sayings that people may not understand oh God, yeah. the meaning. Do you want to rattle through some of those? Well, okay. The one that I did recently on the show, will not mention, <laughs> is I came walking out and um, the host said, how are you doing, Mama D? And something, someone was kind of acting up and I said, you know what? I'm no more concerned than a gnat's ass wrapped around a rain barrel. And he said, what? I said, a gnat's ass wrapped around a rain barrel. And I said, do you not know what that means? And he said, Mama D, I never know what anything means that you say. <laughs> so I say these things to Deandra all the time, and I'll say, when she really gets me frustrated, I mean, I'll say, Deandra, I really don't care how the cow ate the cabbage. And she, huh? <laughs> yeah, what, what does that mean to you, Deandra? <laughs> we really need to do an entire day of podcasting of deciphering Mama D's language and just like Mama D-isms. And we can just, we can give, we can throw them at me and I'll try to decide, I'll try to let you know what they mean no, if like I do a know. a game show for Yeah, a game show on Mama D-isms. That would be so much fun. Actually, that would be like fun that. for people to be able to guess too. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> the cow ate the cabbage, and I do say that one too, is... I don't care how the cow ate the cabbage, or I'm going to tell you how the cow ate the cabbage. I'm going to tell you how it is, you know? <laughs> okay, I'm going to tell you how the cow ate the cabbage. I'm going to tell you how it is. Or I don't care how the cow ate yes. the cabbage. It happened. I don't care how it happened, but it happened. That happened. This is my opinion on it, and you're going to get in line, basically. And then Nat's <laughs> ass wrapped her in a rain barrel actually refers to a tight person, mm-hmm. person that's tight with their money. Nat's ass, because think about how hard it is to wrap a Nat's ass around a rain barrel. Uh, <laughs> He's tighter than a Nat's ass wrapped around a rain barrel. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Oh, this is good. Write these down, guys. I'm sure that you have some things with your son, too. Yeah, well, I was going to say, I'm a single parent to a son, and I say, God bless me, parenting a son <laughs> mm-hmm. sounds like, and I feel it is, so much easier than the particular relationship of mother and daughter. And for mm-hmm. me, my son is nine. He's still in love with me. I want to stick him in the freezer now. He's, <laughs> he's like perfect. And I know those days are coming. And Mama D, you can tell me. Those days are yes. coming. He's finishing yes. up fourth grade. He already asked about sex. They're <gasps> oh talking about that on the playground. Oh, no. I'll punch a kid. Like, <sighs> do not say that to my child at all. And so, yeah, that's already started. But what's going to happen, you have to understand now. How old is he now? He's nine. He's turning okay. 10 in the summer. About 12 or 13 years old. I mean, I hate to tell you this, baby, but he's going to notice some other little girl. There's going to be another little blonde that's going to come in his life. 
And then you're, you know, here's what kids do. They get, I know that you guys just spent a wonderful week together and you've traveled a lot and all that. And we did that when Deandra was younger. But then when the kids get to be around mm, 14 or 15, they no longer want to travel with you. That's going to break your heart because he wants to stay with his friends and sit home and watch TV or whatever. Dumb reasons. Do you hear that sound? That's sort of my heart breaking. I know, but honey, it just happens. And particularly that, well, here's the thing. You're a single mom. That makes it more difficult because that's like, that's your side. That's your sidekick. Mm -hmm. You will not have anyone. You know, at least I, Dandra had a father that was Mm -hmm. there to help raise her that did all of it. He's the one that went upstairs at night when she came in with the flashlight and she got in bed with her girlfriends. Her girlfriend spent the night, and she would... Um, he so would I didn't get in bed with my girlfriends. <laughs> Wait a minute. Let's clarify that one real quick. They'd come home. We'll let you chime in there. Yeah. I would go to bed at Stop. night. I wasn't going to worry about when this kid came in. I was. That's not my responsibility. It was her dad's. So they would come in. You'd know the girl real late, and they'd go sneaking up the stairs. And her daddy would go up behind him, and they'd get in bed and close her eyes and he would go up, Amy, and he would take a flashlight, and he would look at them in the bed. Then he'd get down and try to smell their breath. What a joke. And then So he we had, always drank vodka. Yeah. So you weren't nine here. You were older. No, I wasn't nine. Okay. This but is then, just what you get to look forward to. Yeah. Then he would, but he would come back down the stairs, and he thought they were asleep. And the second he got in that bed, honey, they were out the front door. Oh, you no, would sneak out of the house? Actually, actually the window. <laughs> Let's be real here. On the second floor. Now, how did you get out the window on the second floor? No, Mom. We I was on the first floor. We're talking about when we lived Oh, the over, other yeah, home. The other okay, house. The other yeah. Home. Okay. Yeah. So I actually ended up messing up the security system on the window because we went out so much. I think I broke it. Oh, my gosh. So you were you had no fear. Well, I had a... Well, you mean of my parents or in of general? Of your parents. Of like, you know, I'm, I'm doing this. I kind of just was a little bit of a wild child at, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. <laughs> what? Okay, now I'm 50. <laughs> no, I was just, I mean, I had been so sheltered because we went to, I went to, um, you know, basically Christian schools my whole life. And then we went to church on Wednesday night, Sunday mm-hmm. night, Sunday morning. And so all that. And so then once I kind of exited that and went to a public school, I was like, woo, what's this? Party, party. I mean, it was like different world completely. So. Okay. See what you have so to look what, Okay. To. So how would you, how do you handle this? How did you handle the sneaking out? Would there be repercussions? What, how did you handle this as a parent? The good news is her father handled it all. See, that's, that's the thing. I had a companion, a husband of many, many years that took charge of everything. I mean, someone said to me, is Glenn always that easy to live with? And I said, the only thing I have to do is do my own breathing because he can't breathe for me. He did everything for his two girls. Mm-hmm. That's true, Deandra. We didn't do anything. But it was a little hard for them to punish me because I was basically a straight-A student. So, I mean, you know, you're going to punish me, but my grades are great. And it was kind of was a little difficult, yeah, I think. That's right. when you have, because I really was, a, I was studious. And so I did make good grades, even though I was still having fun. Yeah. All right. So, was, okay. So, what about your son? Does he so make, he's not sneaking out of windows. <laughs> Is he straight A student? I'm nailing the windows shot. He's okay. not a, a straight A student. Um, but like I said, right now it's starting. You know, he's nine, about to be those double digits ten, and I know oh, it's, coming. it's coming. And you know, sometimes he hangs around older kids, and by older I mean one year, two year. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing what you know. Kids want to be the first to tell mm-hmm. another kid. Do you know what this means? 
Yes. Do you know what this is? Yes. Guess what I saw? Guess what I found out? And so the good thing right now, Wyatt tells me everything and he'll come home and he'll tell mom, he'll tell dad, whoever's house he is at, at that day. And I don't want to overreact. I want to do the mm-hmm. right thing. But when, mm-hmm. when he started talking about sex and saying some things, I totally freaked out. I think I did the wrong thing. I went Pollyanna. I started talking about, now, Wyatt, if we don't know what something means, we probably shouldn't talk about it. I don't know if that was the right way to handle it. It was kind of like a bury your head in the sand approach of like, I'm not going to tell you what it means. We're not really going to talk about it. But at that moment, I thought, I don't want to overreact. I don't want to be stern. I want him to be able to tell Why didn't you say just ask dad? (laughs) (laughs) Grant, answer that question. You have a question to answer. Actually, (laughs) FaceTime your dad. Actually, I think the best, I think Amy, you got it right. Exactly. I want to see his face on the other end. (laughs) Exactly. I want to be in the background. Uh, I believe, this is what I, I really believe this with all my heart. When White does get to that age, do not, your children will always talk with you if you don't act shocked. Like Dina would tell me things that literally your hair would stand up on ends. I'd say, oh, okay. Well, now who else was with you and all that? And I was just like dying inside. Dina always just confessed what she did. If you act shocked, they'll just tell you one time, you know. So you've got to be, um, I'm not going to repeat it, but you don't remember what you said to your dad when you were four years old. And he drove me up to the store and you were in the back seat and you asked a question. And I said, your daddy will answer that when I get out. No, it was probably bad, along the same lines you. It was a sexual, very. At four? At four. She said, what does so-and-so mean? And I just like, oh, my God. I just turned white. And I said, oh, your daddy will answer that. I'm going in the store now. It's me. That Mama D, that's me. I'm like, yeah. bury my head in the sand. Dro- <laughs> stop, drop, and roll. And get out of the building immediately. Okay, so they're curious. They want to know the mm-hmm. answers. And so it's a particular relationship, especially when you're parenting one child. My son and that I is have so a, true. right, you're, mm-hmm. you've got a very particular relationship, son or daughter, and that's where we're at right now. I would call it borderline codependent, and that's how we, you know, keep it real sure. here on I Don't Give a Rip. Yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> we keep yes. it real. And so I, I hear that from you. It's, it's, it's very hard when you have so much together time. But the best thing I do want to give you some hope here <laughs> is that girls— <laughs> And their sons, women and their sons are closer. They don't fight. Because it's always been like um, with a mother and daughter, there's just a little bit of tension and mm-hmm. competition to, for approval. A boy's not that way. A boy just thinks his mother is just a goddess until he meets the queen bee. And then it's going to happen. Call me up, honey. I may be in the old folks' home. I'll be maybe 98 then, but... I can still give you good advice. You'll never be in the old folks home. I have news for you there. You'll be you'll be my martini buddy when I'm sobbing over. I know. We've had a few drink. of those too, haven't we? We honey? have. We sure mm-hmm. have. We sure have. Okay, can we talk about our relationships with our hairdresser and what happened to you <laughs> yesterday? Oh, so I've had a collectively in the last two days, I think maybe six or ten hours at the most in a 48-hour period. So I went to get my hair done after work because, as you know, I work, and so I'm supposed to be at the office when I'm not working on one other project that um, I work on, you know, Understood. <laughs> during a part of the year. And so I like to go or have to go, not like to go, but I have to go to the, you know, get my hair and nails and any kind of waxing, all that kind of stuff after hours. So I went to get my hair done at 6. I think I pulled up at 6.15. And it was literally to touch up my roots because at 50, we have to touch up my roots every two weeks now. (laughs) That's another unfortunate, besides gravity, gray hair and my eyesight going, it's just like really upsetting me. I mean, 
you know, whatever. And my muscle tone is not the same anymore either. But <laughs> thank God for plastic surgery and liposuction and everything else. So, yeah, we're going to go back to yes, that. Yes. Oh, my sure. God. Thank goodness for that. But um, so I went to go get my hair done and we were touching on my roots. In fact, Jeremy called. Jeremy is my husband. And he said, oh, Liz, tell me what time Deanna's going to be home because I'm waiting dinner on her. And she said, well, about 9, 930. He goes, OK, forget it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're at nine o'clock. I think we've done one color treatment and I, my hair is kind of, do you remember when you used to put sun in on your hair oh, good, when you no. were a kid? Yes. Do you remember yes. that color? Okay. So it's like an orangey, reddy kind of color. Yep. That was the color. Mm. And I saw her face and my face, cause I was kind of doing my business. I was working too. And I was like, Hmm, that didn't really like look like the blonde color we had last time. And mm. she said, well, I put the same exact color on, but for some reason it's not taking. So this went on until four in the morning. So then we decided, actually three in the morning, we decided to just go ahead and go back to brown because we were not going to do this anymore because we were not going to be winning at that point. Oh, uh, okay. So unfortunately, yeah. So, so many, there's so many problems here. Okay. So is this someone who's done your hair for a while? For six years. I mean, she's fantastic. Mm, it's never happened. She's convinced that someone put a curse on us. <laughs> Or put something in the formula. Exactly. Or something. That's like a big, to lift your hair to that orangey sun in color is not even, I would well, to do. We use the same color to go as we did to go blonde, you know, several weeks ago. So it's not anything different out of the ordinary. We've not done anything. But I tried to at 50 look a little bit younger. So I figured if I went blonde, that would be different and I would look a little younger, right, mom? Because you've right. said dark hair after a certain age mm-hmm. can kind of age your face. So. Okay. I was trying to go block I me. Mean, I've been doing this since November. It's been a process. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we went back to a little bit darker, unfortunately. I guess we'll have to try it again when I'm not having to work the next day. But I actually missed a very important meeting the next morning. Because you were up all night. Right. And I let people know that I was not going to be there. Unfortunately, those people did not communicate that to the person. So I got home, went to bed at four or something and didn't make my 830 meeting because I thought there's no way I'm going to be useful with one hour of sleep. And this is a business meeting talking about my business that I'm trying to turn around right now and getting ideas, giving information. I need to be present. And if I'm not present and I don't have all of my um, information to present, then what's the point of wasting someone's time? So you communicated to some people you weren't going to be there, but it wasn't communicated all the way through to the person you were meeting. Exactly. So that's unfortunate. So they thought they just missed a meeting. Of course, just I think it would be hard to do to get on the phone and start calling people at four o'clock in the morning. And also so as a friend, mom, and we're in the South, okay? It's a friend's husband. I'm not going to start texting or calling my friend's husband in the middle of the night. That's yeah. weird. I did text her, but she has a different schedule than the husband has. So, right. you know, and I would never, that's one of my rules. We're talking yeah. about relationships. We live in the South. We do not my, one of my golden rules is I do not text people's husbands or call people's husbands unless, unless I say, hi, Amy, do you mind if I call your husband about this? Or do you, would you be there for a meeting? Or is it okay if I text him? I don't just start texting and calling husbands. That's just not appropriate. Thing. I don't think that's a good um, way to conduct a friendship, a relationship with someone. I agree. I don't, I don't like it when women call my husband and text him without letting me know. Or they should put it on an email with you on it or text with you on it. Right. Mm-hmm. At, at the very minimum, it shouldn't be a sidebar conversation. Exactly. I like that. Have people done that to you with Jeremy? Well, you know, people reach out to, women reach out to Jeremy all the time. Actually, it's a funny thing in our house because we, we spend one of the nights just looking at all the Facebook messages of naked women sending in pictures. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> hot and husband. I mean, yeah, hot husband gets a lot of action on his Facebook page and Instagram page. So, oh. 
the direct messages and the Facebook. And I have his password. I never look at anything. I'm just, I, my husband and I, we have such a good marriage. I mean, he would never even, well, you know, yeah. you can tell. I mean, he wasn't, he, he wouldn't even look at somebody else. He thinks it's funny. So it's a one, I think it's on Sunday night after Walking Dead. He, we go through all of his funny, like, messages. That's funny a good messages. After Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah, because I will not walk. Okay, so, okay, I have, can I tell this about yes. relationships really quick? So my husband has a Walking Dead wife because I refuse to watch that show. So I have decided that, so he has this woman on Facebook and they watch Walking Dead together and they actually message each other the whole time during Walking Dead. Because every time I swear, I've tried to watch that show, I walk in the kitchen and somebody gets a knife through their eyeball and I cannot take it. I mean, I, I do not like gruesome stuff. I have watched it. And they, everybody that watches this show goes, oh, there's so much story in this show. But every time I walk in the kitchen, there's somebody getting their eyeball poked out or you know their head eaten off. So I just cannot watch it. So I'm like, okay, you're allowed to have the walking dead wife. So they just sit there and text the whole time. And that's his, you know, release on Sunday nights. And then after that, we go over the the funny direct messages that he's gotten on social media, which are very entertaining. I can't (laughs) even, that's, that is awesome. Okay. That was a good sidebar. Okay. So he, I mean, let me tell you, Amy, if you think I need liposuction after my 50th birthday photo, you should see some of these women. Oh, we have to go into like a coffee table book or something. We need to see it. We want to see. And people, what do they think they're invisible? Like they, like your stuff is out there now and you're sending it to this person. Like, why do you think they want to receive it? It's, I mean, it's amazing what people send. I mean, some of them look good, but some of them like, I'm like, have you, have you stood in front of a mirror lately? (laughs) The mirror is not your friend. What kind do you own? (laughs) We need to buy you a new one. I'll be glad to ship you one. What's your address? (laughs) I think that's a very common thing though, dinner with a lot of women. Because your father, he was so naive, my husband. He didn't even know that these women were doing these things. And, of course, I think there were two reasons. He was a handsome, gray-headed guy, but he also had a few dollars. And, you know, women like that. So they would send your dad all these things. And um, his secretary would travel a lot with him. She was 10 years younger than me. They didn't bother me. Lord, help me. He wasn't going to do anything. I mean, he adored me. So one day they were on an airplane together and she said the flight attendant came up to Glenna. This is how naive my husband was. And Jeremy's kind of naive, too, that mm-hmm. way. And she ran her hand through his gray hair. And she said, oh, you've just got the most beautiful gray hair in the world. He said, oh, don't mess up my hair. Don't. Now, what man would say that? And then it, right after that, now he did kind of pick up on this. He was in the elevator going up to their <laughs> office. You know that story? Uh-huh. And then, so he said that he noticed when this really good-looking woman got on, she was really staring at him. And the elevator would open, and people would get off. And finally, those two are there alone. And she reaches over, and she touches him on the shoulder. And she said, oh, I just love your sport coat. He said, thank you. My wife picked it out. And he said it was cold going on with the rest of there. You know? So, I mean, it's kind of fun when your husband, they can be so hot and look so good and so sharp in every way. And yet there can be... A little bit naive. I don't want to say dumb, but some of the things that happen with your dad, I'd say that's just flat dumb. I think women are, are those are the ones to look out for. You know, women oh. will bring other Ooh. women down. Yeah. Women will text your husband. Women will run their hands through that yes. head of hair on a plane, even if they see that ring on the finger. Yes. I, there's a story there. And when you're talking about, there wasn't the sexting and yes. the Facebook direct messaging or social no, media not, direct. Yeah. So mm-hmm. this is this is a whole other approach. Mm-hmm. This is physical. This is contact. just a direct approach. See, yeah. we couldn't sit around. I mean, good lord, Do you know how it was when I got my first computer. How old? Now, remember, I had a, I had two companies very successful. Sixty five. <laughs> wow. 
And then I got, I did, finally got a cell phone, and I sat there, and I sold. Remember, Deandra, I had the mm-hmm. one product, Green Miracle, and I sold just on my little phone a million dollars the first year, just calling up everyone I knew if I could find their phone number. Grassroots campaigning. Grassroots campaigning. And they, they knew, of course, that I had survived cancer, and that was very interesting to them. Which, by the way, guess what, girls? I recently had my 32nd year checkup of having cancer. Cancer-free. You'll never know Yay, what that meant to me. Awesome. So, so, you know, when you, you know, I don't mm-hmm. care how many years it's been, Amy and Dinner, when a patient comes in, because I work with, I have 400 patients I work with, which we'll cover that some other time, but... You always, the night before, you don't sleep very well, and you kind of worry. Because you have to see, I've seen so much. Mm-hmm. And um, it's so funny because my doctor and I are such friends. And uh, Dan, you know him, Phil, you know. And so he came in, and he had the piece of paper in his hand. That's where they're at. And he sat down, and what's going on in your life? Have you met anyone? He's just going on and on and on. I said, excuse me, what's the report? <laughs> I said, oh, you're Okay. I said, well, that'd been nice if you told me in the very beginning instead of talking about everything else. Lead with else. that, please, Doc. Yes. I'm yes. sure. I'm sure. And it's 32 years, cancer-free. Yes. But you are in the trenches still helping so many who are newly diagnosed. You mm-hmm. see it every day. You hear it every day. Younger and I, younger, too. Oh, younger God. and younger. When you start handling girls that are 16 years old mm. that have breast cancer, that's scary. Course. And your your heart just breaks, you know. I can't imagine the anxiety of the day before you know you're going in for a test. Can you tell? Is it a blood test? How do they do this? No, the way they go in. Well, I'm I like everything. I'm a very thorough person and things I do. So for the breast cancer, you have of course you have a mammogram, okay. but then because I'm picky, because in mammograms, ten percent they do not pick it up, and then I have a sonogram. And then I go down the hall to see the actual physician because we have what we doctors have magic fingers. And in the last five years, there's been about eight to 10 people, their fingers, they felt something. And that was cancer. And it wasn't that, on the test. That wasn't it on the sonogram. Was not on it at all. Not on it at and all. And I also get MRI because since yeah, I'm the family. daughter mm-hmm. of someone that had cancer and my aunt had cancer and my grandmother had cancer and my grandfather had cancer. So they watch me every six months. I have to get normally an, a mammogram MRI. So I get one a year. Every so, every, mm-hmm. every year. Yeah. So two. When did you tests. start doing that? My thirties, oh. mm-hmm. yeah, just a few years ago. Because everyone, <laughs> everyone in our family has had cancer six ever Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting, and yeah. So, and that's and one of the things. Don't. A lot yeah, of people don't. Yeah, Amy, get them. we will be touching on on this show is talking about nutrition and wellness and how to stay you know healthy as much as you can because there's really nothing you can do. And I always tell people this. So. It's about prevention, but we can't control our environment. We can control what we do. It's just like in relationships or in life. You can only control yourself. Mm-hmm. You can't control the other factors out there. And I think a lot of things being living in Dallas, Texas, too, I, there's such a high incidence of breast cancer. To me, I kind of think well, there's something in the environment as well as maybe our lifestyle in the South is not so great because we like chicken fried steak and stuff like that. But <laughs> right. we can maybe give our recipe out if my mother would actually go buy a recipe at one point when we're trying to make it. Um, but, you, you, you know, oh, well, let's bar on that later. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and we, so we have, don't you, mother and I kind of prescribe to the same thing. So Monday through Friday at (laughs) noon, we're pretty good as far as our diet goes. And I go to the trainer and all that kind of stuff. Friday at noon, you know, it's kind of like all, everything, all bets are off because I'm going to just go hog wild on the weekend and eat whatever I want. 
All right. I think that's, and plus I think we that's are, pretty good, though. Yeah, and plus we have all these great family recipes. I'm, we're working on a cookbook right now. So we mm-hmm. there's so many. I have to, I'd say that I gained 15 pounds over the holidays is because I've been testing my recipes, right? <laughs> and eating donuts. <laughs> Wait, that's kind of the sneak attack here. You both are really good cooks. In fact, Deandra, you oh, really enjoy it. And it's I did that, too. It's, it's I did a, too. And that's kind of cool. And that's something you can share with other men and women of how to enjoy the kitchen. And well, it's your she, love language. Do you cook too? Uh, a yeah, little bit? Yeah. Not, okay. Well, we'll teach you. Don't worry. Thank you. <laughs> that but, would be fun. Just, <laughs> not, remember, not here during the podcast. I did make a big boo-boo last week. Which one on that? No, on cooking. I don't make boo-boos on cooking. I'm a very good cook. Well, my birthday cake had a little yes. bit of an issue with it. What yes. happened? It, oh, what happened heart. to your cake? One time in 50 years. I on it. my 50th birthday, my birthday cake. Explain, mother. I don't know what happened because I wasn't making it. She was making Her it. Her favorite cake in the whole world. It's, my mother made up this recipe. It's called Make Mine Vanilla. You'd love it. Everyone loves it. And so I said, what kind of birthday cake do you want? Oh, mom, make mine vanilla. And can you make it with the pink icing? I said, okay. So I meant to make it the night before, but I was going out with some friends. And so the next morning I got up at five o'clock. I worked on the cake and I noticed in the oven, it just wasn't acting right. It wasn't rising like it should. And oh, well, you know, let me tell you something. I'm going to give you both of you girls some advice. Any mistake you make in a dessert, now remember what I'm telling you, you can cover it up with whipping cream. No one knows. You can make pudding out of it. You can make... Anyway, so I took this cake out, and I had a really beautiful container and all that, and it just... It went haywire. It just went... It just fell. It just fell. Like, just, like, like it does in the Tom I mean, and Jerry cartoon. Yeah. Like, and it, the sides David. were falling off, and my housekeeper said, oh, Miss Simmons, what are you going to do? I mean, I was freaking. So I'm, I'm calling Deandra. You know, she's like, well, Mom, can't you just put it back together and do... No, Deandra, it's a disaster. It's laying on the floor. It's over on the sides. How did it get on the floor, by the way? Because the sides were just falling off. Because when she brought it over to me, the whole thing, the cake plate, everything was like this turned over in a a box. No, you turned it in a box. When when Lucy handed it to me, it was in a box, and it was turned to the side. I promise you, because I got it. I was right there when she brought it in. Oh, she probably have done put it in a box. Okay, so it was a disaster. So I get on the phone, and I call a famous well-known baker, and I said, I know you're not going to believe this story, but I've got to have this fantastic cake and you've got mm, four hours and that's it and I said it's got to be over the top and she did it for me mm-hmm. so but I just that just bothers me so much so I will be making you can come over I mean I'll be making that cake in the next week again the lesson my is vanilla. yeah the lesson is don't bake because I don't bake them you don't reason bake. I don't bake I'm a savory cook which is much more my speed I bake a little bit but it's not it's so precise if you mess it up forget it you know disaster happens so yeah, mm-hmm. my stuff comes out of the You box. can't call any audibles with baking. Actually, for sure. right now, let me just go back. We have <clears> over <throat> 5,000 requests for our meatloaf that I made up. And we've got yeah. to get this cookbook because every day I'm getting anywhere from 50 to 100 requests for that meatloaf. I would buy this cookbook. I would oh, be yeah, interested you, to Oh, Southern cook. cooking. Yeah. You know, can I tell you this? You both, you both are going to hold on to your hats. They've never tried chicken fried steak. What? What? Chicken fried chicken. Oh, yeah. You're from Canada, though, right? I'm from Canada. Oh, Lord God. That's why. (laughs) No wonder. Not that far north. You've never really tasted it? I've never had chicken fried. What about bison fried steak? No. No. That's a no. Buffalo fried steak. That's a no. Isn't that crazy? I've never heard of that in my life. No. Well, you'll have to have some of ours. Yeah. Oh, we make it so good. Okay. I noticed the other day when I came over to dinner to your house. Oh, here we go. And you had meat that was thawing out in the sink. Mm-hmm. Were you going to make chicken fried steak? No, no, no. Uh-uh. Oh, I thought you were. Okay, she's going to see if she can beat her mother. No. And then you've got to make. Now, 
You know what cream gravy is? Of course. That's the white gelatinous gravy that looks so <laughs> disgusting. It's delicious. We're brown gravy people up north. Oh, no. Ugh. Oh, it's just creamy. I could just drink it. And then I make the buttermilk biscuits to go with it. And just, oh, gosh, that's my favorite. So you see why I've gained a few pounds lately? <laughs> it's so good. So we, we do it. We cook. Dan and I love, we do cook-a-thons. We love to cook. Do you cook for large groups or is it just for like an intimate setting? Like, You've been to my house at, at New Year's Eve, remember? And I cooked about, I don't know, 25 yeah. dishes, which was stupid because I did not enjoy myself at all. Yeah. That's, see, that's yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. I think that's a lot of pressure. It is a lot of pressure. Yeah, like those, and to host and it, to with host. 200 people. It was just, yeah. And to much. not be sweating and to look cute and to be present. Because I'm like, no, if I can make one thing, I can make 20 things and yes, then they'll have variety. Is. And then I'm about ready to lose my, you know, my hair is going to fall out and my <laughs> steam's coming out of my ears. And Jeremy's like, ah, I'm getting away from you. But normally it's therapeutic for you guys, right? Normally it's like, I'm going to put comfortable clothes That's on and cook. That's my release. No, it is not therapeutic for me. It for is. me. I just love to eat. <laughs> That's, That's why I cook. I mean, you know, because... You know, I'm a widow and I live alone, but I still want to eat. And I have two housekeepers that love my food. So most of the time, they eat everything I cook. But Amy, you got to understand something because you're single right now. I know you're Mm -hmm. dating. But my mother's theory is that a way to a man's heart is through his stomach. Amen. So we have to have you over for, yeah, yeah, for some cooking lessons. What I want. I'm going to seal the deal here. My son is a teenager is what I'm hearing. So, okay, yes, I've got a couple of years to learn how to cook. Done. I will sign up for that lesson all day long. Sign me up. I'll be your first subscriber. You know, it amazes me um, in the area where we live in Dallas, the women do not cook. And they'll say to me, uh, where are you going to get your pies for Thanksgiving? Huh? My pies? What do you mean? Because one year... I made, Marion and I made nine pies Mm -hmm. for Thanksgiving. And the reason we made nine, there were going to be nine people and everyone wanted a different flavor. Chocolate, pumpkin, coconut, you know, just on and on. Can't you like the same pie, dum-dums? No. Everybody wanted different. You give people a choice? Oh, yeah. That's your first mistake. (laughs) That's so gracious and so sad. Make your own dessert. That's what you say. Here's your whipping cream. Okay, so Amy, we will set you up at some point, okay? All right, done. I want to do this. I want to learn. Let's start like really simple, though. Did you know what we did years ago? Dean and I had a television show daily, and we had a cooking show. Yeah, we we? did. Mm -hmm. And we cooked. And, you know, we just did all these recipes. We just made stuff up. It was fun. Yeah, we made it. People loved it. Yeah. And you would just talk to the camera and talk about yeah, we'd talk, and yeah. mix well, and like food we, network-ish we, kind of stuff? Well, we'd actually make it. You know, just in, we had someone that was measuring a few things and stuff, but we were over there making it. The thing I think about it is like in real life, I've learned as I got older, if you make a mistake, who cares? Because people think it's funny and mm-hmm. it's just, you don't get upset about that. Just move on. Make a mistake, move on. Especially because mm-hmm. my mouth always makes mistakes, so I just move on. <laughs> <laughs> like, the lemon, so. like the lemon pie I made one night. The lemon pie, remember the lemon pie? Uh-huh. And your dad came in. And I was, at that second he came in, I was uh, washing it down the sink. He said, what are you doing? I said, the lemon pie didn't come out right. It was already in the crust with beautiful, I like the real high moraine. He said, oh, you're flushing that down? I said, yeah, it's not any good. Well, I'll eat it. I said, no, you won't because it's gone. <laughs> so you would ruin or or just throw away Oh, something. I do. If it's not perfect, it's gone. It's gone. What about the whipping cream story, though? What about yeah, that? Yeah, well, I learned disguise? that later. Marion told me that, my real good friend. She said, just remember, you can camouflage anything. You can with disguise things. That's what she's talking about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, like disguise ugly parts. Mm-hmm. Like, you know how cake. we dress to disguise certain things? <laughs> you can disguise your cakes and pies, too, if they don't come up perfectly. <laughs> just pretend like you're Got dressing it. yourself and something's not as attractive on your body that day for one reason or the other. You may have had a donut or, right. I don't know, or, or a wild night attractive. out, too many margaritas. 
<laughs> I'm much more attractive with whipping cream on me. I'm My mom good. says, this is a funny thing. She says that yep, um, as good. she gets older, that she's going to, she kind of covers more and more of her body. We've had this conversation. Because All the time. There's so many women, and I hope nobody is offended, but I'm going to say it because this is rip talk, that as they age, they still like everything. If you go to these galas and stuff, everything's like hanging out, arms and all this. And I mean, after a certain age, you shouldn't be showing all your body parts because I'm sorry, nobody wants to look at, you know, saggy skin and cellulite. I mean, I know that as much. Yeah. I still, I hide myself too, you know? I, I get So it. my mom said, this is Amy, you're going to die. So she's like, okay, I'm 78. I'm getting older. I'm covering up. But, you know, the, soon what, the only thing that's going to be showing are my eyeballs. Just like that. Just, like just like that. That's yeah. it. Covered from neck to toe. Yeah, I can't remember for next time. 80 years old, I mean, you only see my eyeballs. Okay, so I mean, that, another okay, thing. Okay, fashion is something we should talk about. We because, should. I mean, that is something that but, I, there's yeah. a lot of fashion faux pas yeah. out there. Hello. Oh, yes. And here's the other thing at, at the galas, because we are in, in Dallas, right? Mm-hmm. And there's galas galore. The no bra look. Oh. It's a very hard thing to pull off. Yeah. A lot of bra, a lot of gowns are designed for no bra. Mm-hmm. And, but the no bra like it's not a good look on most people i made one of those fashion faux pas last year on a show i was on and i looked back at the at the show and i'm like ooh not so good i think i need a little bit of lift <laughs> luckily i did that so it looks different when you look down in the dress yeah i mean it, it wasn't different it, than it does straight on straight on people. when it's laying on your waist but do you I, notice that mom your boobs should not be you on guys your okay but in dallas women like to show Everything. Everything. Their boobs especially. I've never seen women show their boobs so much as in this town. I mean, it's like they're all hanging out no matter what. I don't care if you're going to like the most conservative thing or if you're going to something that's a little bit more wild like Diffa, Crystal Charity or Diffa, two very different things. And you should dress accordingly. But a lot of people don't have that message. They don't get that message. So they're going to wear what they want. Yeah. So, mom, we really need to cover fashion at some point. My mother always says this is so Okay. Can I just say this? This is (laughs) is horrible. This is so horrible. I'm going to say it, though. So... There was a, some one that worked for me that was a little overweight. And so I was like, she would wear these short shorts and stuff and short skirts. And I mean, her legs were not that attractive. I will tell you one thing. My legs are not my best feature. So I dress accordingly. Okay. That's what I know. God did not bless me with these gorgeous gazelle-like legs. So I dress the best way for my body. I have a tiny waist and big bazookas. So, you know, I dress, <laughs> but I don't like let them hang out everywhere. Out everywhere. So. I said to this girl, I said, you know, because we're going to fashion week and everything. I said, you may want to wear something a little bit longer or wear some tights. And she's like, why? I said, well, you don't put a skirt on tree trunks. Oh, she goes, what? oh God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I was like, my mother was like, well, that's because my mother said that when I was growing up. She said, don't put it. If I had a little, if I was a little chunky, Deanna, don't put a skirt on tree trunks. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, oh Needless to say, that did not go over so well. And, you know, and then her husband was like, well, I understand you told my wife you shouldn't, she shouldn't put a skirt on tree trunks. I'm like, well, you know, if you're going to wear a mini skirt, then you should have the body for a mini skirt. I don't wear mini skirts. There's a reason for this. Okay. <laughs> okay. There's so many things going on here. So, okay, I, I understand I don't give a rip, right? And so we, we tell it like it is. However, with someone who's not family and someone who's your assistant. Yes, I, well. Do you think that maybe. I didn't say, I just said someone that worked for me. Someone that worked for you or not your, oh, I thought you said an assistant. Okay, someone said, who worked for you. I possibly did. Mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and why wouldn't you just say, hey, it's fashion week. Let me help you pick out some clothes. Let me help you kind of style yourself. 
because I don't know if you've noticed this, and please, again, no one get offended because this is rip talk, but millennials seem to know everything about everything in the entire world. So you cannot tell them, you know, please do this or do this this way because they know a better way to do it. And I've had this issue. Now I have one that's working for me now, a millennial. I have one. I have a millennial now that's very good at taking direction Mm -hmm. and she's very classy and she's really good at everything. And I don't really have to give her a lot of direction. But in general, when I try to make a suggestion, you're old, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know social media. So just don't tell me what to do. (laughs) That whole attitude. I got it. So she she kind of had the tree trunk comment coming. Well, okay, yeah. this is a problem to him. And this, I work a lot in the medical field. Okay, so that's, so here comes Mrs. So-and-so in. Her eyeballs are hanging down through her nose and everything. And I take her to the plastic surgeon. And her husband goes also. Because, you know, when it's spending money, these men want to go. Mm-hmm. I never, I just told my husband what I was going to do, and that's it, you know. But I don't, I don't understand it. And I'm not, of course, I don't mean to say anything ugly. But I took a lady recently, and she's a beautiful lady, Amy, gorgeous, and she wanted to have her face done. Here's what men say, and this is why they go around that. Oh, but I love you because of the way you look. Then why are you looking at other women? Ah. (laughs) That is a true story. There you go. And it happens in my life every day because I work in the medical field. I mean, I volunteer in the medical field. And it's just just so—I don't know why. And like you said, like Deandra said, women— do not know how to dress for their figures. Cover it up, ladies. Cover it up. Listen, there has to be something fabulous about you. I've got great eyes. So guess what? <laughs> I wear great makeup on my eyes. <laughs> and, it just, you know, we all have something. Dinner and I both have a small waist. We try mm-hmm. to do that. But my legs are not going to be sticking out no. with a mini skirt on either. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, what? women are saying my husband likes it. And they're the one you were talking about a while ago. Well, her husband was looking at some other women. You know that? Mm-hmm. So you just got to be watch that. So I Don't Give a Rip podcast was born out of a need we saw in this mm-hmm. marketplace to have real conversations, mm-hmm. discuss topics that may be uncomfortable, might be taboo, but are necessary to hear. Yes. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you both have, have lived full, diverse lives, as have I. And I'll start with you, Deandra. Who do you hope listens to this podcast? I hope people listen to this podcast that um, kind of worry too much about what happens in their life and they realize that it's really not that important at the end of the day. For me, it's God, my my husband, family, all that kind of stuff. And then everybody else's opinion. I used to be so concerned about people's opinions and what they thought. And my mother said, she coined the phrase, I don't give a rip on, on Real Housewives of Dallas. And it just took off. And I thought, you know what? At 50 now, that's how I'm living my life. I give a rip. So I'm going to tell you what I think and you could like me or not like me, but, and that's pretty much who I am in my life. But I think it's, I think it's actually funny to have a little comic relief every once in a while. Yes. <laughs> Amen to that. And also plug into people that are thinking I'm, I'm the only one who has a nine year old yes. who's mm-hmm. doing this, or I'm the only yes. one who has a business partner that's doing this, or I'm the only one mm-hmm. who, or I'm the only one that has way. fat legs out there. Okay. At least somebody else does. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think? Well, do you I hope think listened? that uh, this will be, in my opinion, I have so, my head is so full of topics that we need to cover. Like, I know what people want to hear. The thing that bothers women or health, I mean, are their um, relationships. And please accept this way I say it, I mean, but most of the time it's because they're so dumb. Men are the easiest thing in the world to figure out, ladies. So easy. I just feel like I'd sit all of you down let you tell you how to tie that man up in a bow and put a wrap. You know, it's an easy thing. You just have to know how to work with this. 
A man has to always feel like, of course, he's the boss. <laughs> That's the joke of the century. And then I think besides, next to relationships, I know, see, I do know because of what I do, health-related issues. And the good news that they're going to get to hear is I have all those people that can answer those questions. Like you may have women that want to talk about menopause things. You may have women that want to talk about the breast cancer. I mean, anything you want to know about a health-related issue, I know the doctor that can answer that. And we can do call-ins where they ask questions because they're physicians. And they can say what, you know, they can just tell it like it is. So I'm really excited about that. I definitely think, of course, there'll be something on cooking because ugh, at least I get four or 500 a day wanting to ask me for recipes. And mm-hmm. that's because I think I put it on Instagram, some of my recipes and things I've cooked. And it's just, they just, they go crazy over it. Because yeah. women want to know how to cook. And, you know, in cooking, I believe you should make it simple. You should make it easy. If you want to be fancy, go to a French restaurant or go to, you know, go to a five-star restaurant or go some wherever you can afford, but something that would really apply to what you could do at home that would be simple and delicious and yummy. And my recipes are that way. Now, Deandra's can get kind of complicated because she's the savory cook. Savory cook's recipes are different than those that make the home cooking, like the chicken fried steak, the gravy, the biscuits, you know, the mashed potatoes, all these things. But I've got a lot of things up in my little head. And Amy, we were both in fashion. So that's why I think we should just tie the little bow on the fashion stuff too. And, you know, nobody has to agree with me, but I have a lot to say about that. I think that's good. Relationship (laughs) with your body, your body image, making peace with how old you are. And know that not all fashion is Mm -hmm. multi-generational. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, you shouldn't be reading Cosmopolitan if you're in your 40s and 50s and looking for fashion clues. And I hope, I mean, you know about parenting things because you're raising a Mm preteen. And I think that you have a lot to say. Nine-year-old. Isn't that the, say, I'm not a mom, like biological moms. I don't know what the actual term is. I would say preteen. I would say baby. Small child. Small child. (laughs) In your dreams. Anyway, I. Baby nugget. Yeah. So I look forward to hearing what you have to say about that because Mm -hmm. I told, I always tease my mother. I say, you know, it's never too late. I may have a baby. Oh, wow. Imagine. (laughs) They're going to be baby dogs. They're being baby dogs. (laughs) I can tell you that for sure. We're going to talk about all of that. Parenting. Money, uh, relationship too. with your body, oh, with money, money with, uh, with your friends, because you all can talk about, you know, firsthand relationship when, when friendships are mm-hmm. right and when they're not. Mm-hmm. And I think there's uh, so many single women out there today that do have children and they need to know how to manage their money. There's so many things that when you're alone and you have a child, it's different. The security of a husband that's the breadwinner makes a big difference. And fortunately, I haven't been in that position but probably most of the women have it sometime. It's, it just That just amazes me about that. I did a show in Los Angeles recently, and the one thing she said, what's your one bit of advice to women? I said, make your own money because you don't want to get stuck in a situation. Mm-hmm. And we can talk about this a lot more, but in a situation where you get divorced or something, a life-altering situation happens and you do not know how to make money. And that got more comments on social media than anything else I said. So I'm not saying I'm great handling money, but I can make money. So I may spend it not so wisely, but I, I can make that. it. Uh, you know <laughs> so what? right, Mom, at least I'm giving I myself a little that. rope so you can hang me anytime you want. No. <laughs> 
But Deandra, I love that because that's what I prayed to God for when I got divorced. I didn't pray for a man. Mm-hmm. I prayed, let me navigate my yes. own way yes. so that I have choices when it comes to who I'll be with yes. in the future because yes. I want to get myself right. Mm-hmm. and not depend on somebody mm-hmm. else. And that's so that's so that is, important. I think we really need lesson. to cover that because I think a lot of women jump in and out of relationships based on financial security yep. and you shouldn't have to make that choice. You should basically work on yourself and make money yourself and do things for yourself. And then you're going to attract the right mate, the mate that's right for you, not the person that I'm in panic mode and I have to get married or I have to be mm-hmm. in a relationship to take care of my needs. Are we going to see hot husband appear on this podcast? Yes, we oh, are. I so love nice. working with hot husband. He is funny. Good. I love yeah, it. He okay. is. I'm so excited. We can that. share some Facebook messages. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Maybe we could sell these images. No, we won't. Um, all right. Mama D, how can we find you? What's your social media? Well, the only way you can really find me is on Instagram, and it's Mama D. Simmons. Isn't it Deandra? M-O-M-M-A-D-E-E-S-I-M-M-O-N-S. Okay, now you've got to be careful about that because for some reason people believe it's M-A-M-A. No, it's Mama. M-O-M-M-A-D-E-E Simmons. Or you can go, of course, to my Facebook. Which is D. Simmons. Which is D. Simmons. And God help me, she's not on Twitter yet, please. Oh, Lord. It's like M-O-M-M-A, throw mama from the train, that kind of mama. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. You don't want to Which I have, unfortunately, I felt like it sometimes and we've been fighting, but (laughs) not today. Oh, my God. You know what I really do? Actually, because I have so many indignances, but mother, you have a lot of time. I'm so conscientious of people that reach out to me that are desperate. She answers all of her direct messages herself. I do. And he said, Mother, you need to hire someone. Well, Dander got me someone, and they were saying, hugs, honey. Well, that's not me. I don't say hugs, yes, honey. Yes, that's right. You have and a they, very definite and, and the way prince. the way that they were answering me, it sounded like some goofball sitting over here that was in a rocking chair, rocking around, you know. And I thought, <laughs> what are you saying? Hello? And it was always, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm not sorry. Hey, use your brains, lady. Don't be stupid. <laughs> Listen, my last name is Simmons. And the S on my forehead is not for stupid. It's for Simmons. So there's that. Um, my last name is also Simmons. <laughs> and that stands for supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. <laughs> kidding. Okay. Last name is Simmons. Deandra Simmons is on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram. And at Amy Vanderoff across the board. Vanderoff has a lot of vowels at the oh, end. How do you spell Vanderoff? Yeah, it's it. O-E-F. Yes. End. Oh, yeah. And mine Lots is D. Apo- Thank you, Mom. D apostrophe, capital A-N-D-R-A. Do not put an E in my name, please. Do they do that? <laughs> do they do D'Andrea? The D'Andrea all the time. Uh, D'Andrea Simmons, Mama D. Mm-hmm. And Amy, Amy V. Vanderoff. I love this. I love, love that you. this is going to be time well spent. And Mama D, will you close us out on letting us know why we shouldn't give a rip? You don't give a rip because it's not going to make any difference, people. Whatever you do, whatever D'Andrea said, whether... Amy said whatever I've said. Guys, it really doesn't make a rip. It's how you feel inside. You've got to be the one that's happy. If you're happy with yourself, the world is always going to be beautiful. Beautiful.